pitch it. She lays it off. Teresa Palacios. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. And uh, welcome back to another edition of Radio Dub. And yet again, I'm by myself. Like I really, I think that I might need to take a hard look at myself and see if maybe I've done something wrong to Oscar and Lockie. I am Pekil Frimpong, so thank you for joining me on another edition of Radio Dub. But you know what? Lockie and Oscar will be joining us later on in the show. But in the meantime, I have the pleasure of talking to one of the best young defenders from New Zealand, Mackenzie Barrett. Mackenzie, how are you? And thank you for joining me on the show. Hi, thanks for those kind words. Um, yeah, I'm great. Just finished training for the day and we are off to Sydney and then Newcastle tomorrow. So, yeah, busy, excited and, yeah, three more games. So, feeling good. No, that's that's good to hear. See, I've got to ask, Mackenzie, now, if you have to spend time in Australia, the extended amount of time in Australia that you did, Mm. Are you sick and tired of Australia? Are you done? I like I don't want to get back on a plane to Australia. <laughs> I want to just stay in New Zealand. Um, no, nah, I love oh, it. I love don't coming lie, don't over lie. to play. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> I I actually enjoyed living over there for those six months um, last season. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I think, um, yeah, it's awesome to be playing football. You know, it's like professionally, and can't complain at all. Yeah, loving it. No, you can't complain, but. But also, wouldn't it, like, you you miss, I'm assuming, like, obviously you miss home, but, like, what's the thing that, obviously people, you you miss family and stuff like that, but what's that weird thing that you missed while you were, while you were stuck in Australia? Um, probably, like, the kiwi foods, like, okay. the Whitaker's chocolate. <laughs> wait, wait, what's that? No, you've got to explain what that is. I've never heard of that. Um, what is that? Oh, wow. Um. So Whitaker's is like a New Zealand chocolate brand and it's okay. just like the best chocolate that I've ever had and everyone loves it here. And and in Australia, you have like one flavour. <laughs> okay. It's super expensive. But in New Zealand, we have like shelves of it in the supermarket and it's just the best. So okay. probably that or like picks peanut butter. Yeah. Okay. Just a peanut butter brand, which is so good. See? Maybe the food, yeah. Yeah, no, see, I, I'm getting this theme and I, and I really support this because yeah. Radio Dub is sort of a food safari show so i really appreciate these food recommendations and oh, cool. i'll be i'll be trying i want to try some of these because i've never heard of any of these things and i'm not a massive chocolate fan so okay i i, I need to i need to get more involved in the chocolate um space but Mackenzie, this is the thing that people yeah. don't realize about me okay so i have a new zealand passport right i've never been to new zealand oh. though but i have a new zealand passport what are the things that i need to know about New Zealand to call myself a Kiwi? Oh, um, oh, that's, that's so hard. Um, well, I guess you need to come, you need to come and experience it yeah. for yourself. North I or suppose. South Island? Um, what's, the, what's the North or South Island? Where, where well, I'm biased. I've always lived in the North Island. Okay. But if you're into skiing, South Island yeah. in the winter is, like, amazing. Okay. But, um, yeah, North Island, I'm from Taranaki, which is on the west coast of the North Island, and it's black sand beaches, yeah. um, a great mountain. Yeah, it's very um, – a lot of nature in New Zealand. It's lovely. Okay. So if you're into, like, hiking or swimming, 
then stop right there i (laughs) cannot stand the beach and i can't swim so what you've listed everything you've listed (laughs) um, i can't i can't even get involved in but it does sound like i like i like hiking i don't hike very often if ever but i do like the idea of hiking so i can get involved in that but i couldn't get involved in the like the the beach stuff like what is that like why is there sand everywhere you know what i mean I see where you're coming from. Some people, yeah, nah, fair yeah. enough. Sorry, I, I, I've never skied either, so I don't know if any of the islands oh. work for me. But, you know, I feel like I could try skiing. <laughs> I feel like I'd try it. Definitely. There's, like, beginner slopes, so yeah. you'll be right. Yeah, exactly. If I fall, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The camera, if, they, if nobody catches it, I didn't really fall. Exactly. Exactly. Now, being this season, obviously, for, you know, Two the two first two seasons of Wellington have have been I'm assuming would have been of difficult in terms of obviously not getting as many wins as you would have liked but but being a lot about growth and development how was that being mm-hmm. like for you as a footballer and and how do you guys keep the morale up when the wins aren't coming but you see that you're improving mm, I think for us as we do see ourselves as a development team I think our goals aren't necessarily to be you know top of the league it's more progressing every game so when you feel like you're getting better and achieving the realistic goals you set I think everyone still feels motivated to be better and I think our team environment is just so positive and enthusiastic and everyone's super motivated all the time and I love coming to train with all the girls here so um, yeah, I feel like the atmosphere really helps in what specific goals we have that drive us. Obviously, like, we want to try and win games, and, you know, we've won a few, but, um, yeah, focusing on more development is a better way to be more successful, I'd say. No, no, for sure. Is it like when you've got those objectives at the start of the season and you're trying to – and there are people there – pe- there are outside noise about the team and you guys have got your like your, your set objectives is it kind of does it make it easier to ignore ignore it or is it are you still kind of do you still kind of hear it and it, it like it's frustrating um yeah it can be hard hearing like what other people have to say but at the end of the day like they don't know what we're about and they don't like they haven't trained in this area so yeah you just got to stay focused and almost yeah, just tunnel vision and drown that noise out, especially if it's negative. No, absolutely. Now, yes, you guys haven't won lots of games, but I, I've i experienced a losing season where we won one game, and I remember after we won that game, it was the greatest moment of my life. Mm. Does it make the wins when you guys, like, like the wins, like, so much sweeter? Because it's like that hard work is really, like, paying off and not that the wins are the be all and end all but does it make like the celebrations mm-hmm. the music playing louder is every like everybody's super yeah. super hyped yeah definitely I think when we do get you know a win here and there it it's sort of like all those weeks of drawing or results not going our way have like have still helped us and contributed so like the tough times have been building up to this moment so yeah it's like um, yeah, it feels so good and everyone's like super excited. It's so funny after when we win, everyone's super happy. So yeah, hopefully we, I mean, we've got three games to go. So yeah, hopefully we're going to get better results. Um, 
yeah, definitely way more. Yeah, definitely yeah, a lot see, more sweeter. I, I, when I, like we're that. I like that because I know the music is like, music is like a really big, it like lifts the mood. What is the song choice when things are like, when the vibes are right at Wellington Phoenix? What is the music choice? And who's also in control of the music? This is what uh, I want to understand. Um, it does, it changes a bit, but usually Kate Taylor. Okay. Um, she has this like huge speaker. Nice. <laughs> like one of those big ones that like stand up by themselves and like have lights and everything. Oh, nice. Oh, this is fantastic. So is it got like a, like, like a mic as well? Like we're doing karaoke as well. What's It can, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. But the mic doesn't usually come to the changing room, but the speaker does and it's great. And yeah, just sort of, uh, just, you know, pump up music or Chloe Knott loves to sing along. Okay. She's so funny. Any song she'll sing to what's, and she's not a good singer. <laughs> this is what, okay. What's the, if you're, if you're doing like, if you get to pick the song, what song are you picking? Yeah. And also what is your karaoke song? Oh, um, for pre-games, anything like, Megan the Stallion. Oh, oh <laughs> like great. Mackenzie, I, I have not had that answer on Radio Dub ever. Like, <laughs> oh. I've, got, I've got like Beyonce a couple times. Love. But oh, Meg yeah. the Stallion, what a pick. <laughs> yeah, I did not expect that. Sensational. Sensational. Well, I, I'm just being honest. Yeah. No, no, I love <laughs> Probably it. Probably not the best. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, no, it's nah, fantastic. So good. It, uh, I, don't let anybody going. tell anything negative <laughs> about Meg the Stallion, okay? It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then karaoke song hmm maybe a bit of miley cyrus because oh, everyone can get up to her so no no, no, love no. Her. I like that. what's the yeah are we going for the climb or are we going like old school back to hannah montana days or are we going some of her new stuff like flowers which just came out what oh i love flowers. i really like that song too uh, what are we doing probably like the mid yeah like the climb or part in usa is always like good get everyone going yeah. or like the more recent stuff yeah I, um, yeah, listening to her new album at the moment in Flowers is a great song. Yeah, no, that's it. I've I've probably played that that song way too many times because like Thanks. you hear it the first time and you're like, oh, that's really good, and then all of a sudden you've hit repeat three times over, mm. and you're like, how how where have I where's the time gone? But I've had such <laughs> a great time. Yeah, um, it's good. I wanna I something that's really impressed me about Wellington this season is the defense, which you, obviously you're a key part of, but the defensive like the solidity what's the words that i'm looking for you guys have been so solid at the back obviously mm. you know we've spoken about the wins and losses it does, that's the, not really the point but the defense has always seemed so like compact and understands its role and you guys have how have you guys taken that step to be so good defensively this year even if mm. things haven't you know always worked out yeah um i think our, so our starting back four, I think just keeping it consistent throughout the season has been really helpful. And like I've been training with these girls. Um, like I've known Marisa since I was like 15 years old and I've been playing with Kate like for four, four years or so now as well. So I think just like knowing your players and knowing like, yeah, their strengths and what they're good at. And we just work really well together. I think it's just like how the unit talks and shifts and um like we back each other 1v1 and yeah I think the belief that we have in each other is great and uh, yeah I think being close and um being able to 
um, like push each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really helps. How, yeah, I, and individually everyone's great too. We all understand the roles and that just pushes each other more and we've been improving as well throughout the season. So that's been really good. No, I, I can I can imagine it. I want to ask in terms, obviously you've, you've got a new coach this year with Nat Lawrence, but how has she helped yeah. you in terms of, the, like obviously when you know you're a young team and you get a new coach how does that like how does how has she laid her like um what's the words that i'm looking for how does she laid her like signature and you know make kind of made this team into a new a new team because obviously you guys lost players at the end of last year last season so yeah. but how has she made this team brand new and exciting and made you guys really pumped up to play football um i think like net definitely brings something different just based on her like personality and her style of coaching. She's like super enthusiastic and she's like good friends with all of us really. Like we can all confide in her and talk to her one on one and she can just definitely push us as well. And I think yeah, she just she definitely has a different style of coaching to Gemma and which I think has been working for us this season. Um yeah, I just just, yeah, getting along with the players and her communication pretty much is probably her strengths, yeah. So we like that. Now, who's the mm. – who in training is getting in trouble the most? Like who's who's <laughs> who's, who's just a, a little bit too calm sometimes about training, just a little bit cool for school? What's Who's that vibe? Uh, I'm going to say – ooh, um, Betsy Hassett. Oh. <laughs> God, that's she's so chill. I like that. Yeah, really. That's her. That's who she is, though. Yeah, okay. she'll rock up to training like not wearing the right stuff. Or <laughs> sometimes I don't think she's being late, but she's always like she's never early. You know, she's never her really. Hair's, but I like, like that. No, so you know, some people she's are just—they're not late, but they're just never no. early. Like they'll get there, and you're just a bit like you definitely could have arrived five minutes earlier. But I understand yeah, what you're doing. But when she's, like, on and focused, like, when training's on, she's on. She's but, like, outside of training, she's so funny. Yeah, but did see that girl. <laughs> you guys seem to have, like, speaking to you, you guys seem to have such a, a really calm and, and, you know, really relaxed, super relaxed group. Do you think it helps that you guys are the only team in New Zealand and you guys aren't, like, in Australia? Yeah, I think being able to like live at home and be in a place that we know has definitely allowed us to just chill out a bit. Whereas when we were living in Australia, it kind of just felt like we were in a training camp for like six months, which was quite tough on some girls. Um, Yeah. It's way more chill and people were able to travel home sometimes if they live only a few hours away. So yeah, definitely the um, like, outside of football lifestyle is a lot better this year and it's I think it's reflecting on the field which is good no that that is, I that is really really good and I, I want to um I, I want to talk actually I want to just like take a little pivot and talk about the football fans and uh, obviously you've mm-hmm. had your call-ups and you've uh you've played played Fulham how was that what was the when you got the is it a call or a text like how does it you find out actually that you're going to play for the nationals how does that work um, well, usually you get a call, but something, the first time I got called up for some reason, yet kid didn't like 
have time to get in contact with me and I literally just got the email list because <laughs> you just get the generic list that yeah. comes out, you know, every um, few months. And my name was on it. And I literally was like, oh, yeah, so funny. Did you think in your head just, that they've made a mistake? Or like, not that they've made a mistake, but did you think they haven't called me, but I've got this email, something, something yeah, doesn't add up here? Took me a second to like digest the news, I think. And I was sitting next to my flatmate and... I was just, like, freaking out. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, no, it's good. And I, like, told her what happened. And then the next day, Yitka called me, and um, she did, likes to do video calls. Okay. Um, so she likes to see our reactions. And, yeah, um, usually it's a call, yeah, and she catches up prior to the list coming out, yeah. which on my second tour, she did call me beforehand to say, well done, you're coming again, so. Yeah, it's been super exciting. See, this is like, okay, a FaceTime, that's so, yeah. like, that's so much, that's so freaky to me. Like, I would be like, wait, I'm really, really excited, but also, I just woke up. So, like, what's the, like, yeah. what's the, like, what, what is going through your mind when, when, like, you see the FaceTime, like, the first time you see the FaceTime on, or do you already know that that's what she, uh, they like to do? Um, oh, it depends. Sometimes it's, Oh, it's very one way or the other. Like, it's either good news or real bad news yeah. when she's got, when she's calling you. And it's like, ah. Oh. But, um, yeah, the other day she FaceTimed me and she'd just been out, like, on a bike ride and she was, like, sweating. So <laughs> it was so funny. But, yeah, usually she's pretty chill and likes to just check in and see what's going on. Um, but, yeah, and I get a bit nervous when she's like, I'm about to call you. And it's like you have to be Oh, does she give you a warning before? Sometimes. Oh, God. No, or sometimes she'll tell you, like, can I call? And then, well, this is what happened the other day. She's like, can I call you? And then two minutes later, I was like, yep. And then about 45 minutes goes by and she still hadn't called. And I was sitting by my phone, like, super nervous. Oh, that's not, I don't like and, that at all. And then she called. Yeah. That would not so, work um, for me at all. That, yeah, it's you'd a freak bit out. Like, you'd just be sitting there just looking at your phone going, what is happening yeah. right now? Like, please just call me or I'm about to start calling you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was about to send her a double text when I thought maybe that was inappropriate. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you know, call me, please. I, I really want you to call me back. But um, mm. what was like? What's been like the biggest surprise about going into like the national team? And 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 I, I'm assuming because obviously the Wellington Fantasy guys seem to have such a great like great relationship as a group. But how's it been like going doing to the national team? Was have they all welcomed you? Was it daunting? What was that like? Yeah, um, everyone was super welcoming when I yeah first arrived. But, of course, I still felt really anxious about it because it's like a big deal, I suppose. And, you know, some of those girls have been in that team for like 10, 15 years. Like, it's crazy. But then also knowing a lot of the Phoenix girls when I was coming in, like Betsy, who had been in the environment yeah. for so long, already knowing that she was there was like, was really nice. Um you know, everyone's, like, super lovely and listen, always happy to listen to, like, any sort of feedback or ideas you have. Um, yeah, really, like, really cool. Um, di very different from the Phoenix yeah. in the fact it's just a bit, bit more high pressure, which is understandable. You know, it's a, a national team. Um, standards at training are very high and the, there are a lot of meetings, very long 
meetings. Um, the way you said that, Mackenzie, about the, the way you said that about meetings, I know there's a story about meetings that you, you're not a massive fan of them. Are you sitting at the oh. back or are you sitting at the front of the meeting? Like, what's the, are you like secretly on your phone? Don't have to, you don't no, have to snitch on yourself. But what's the, so much trouble. what's the, what's, what are you doing? Um, no, I, I'm actually, I'm a good student as much as I'd like to say. I just, I like learning and I like to be there, but sometimes it's like, when it's like 10 p.m. at night and you want to be asleep, that's the only time, like, when you're getting tired, it's like, come on, let's wrap this up. <laughs> but um, you get used to it. It's just different to the Phoenix. We just have real quick five-minute meetings, whereas with the Ferns, it's more like half an hour to an hour, depending on what yeah. um, we're chatting about. But it's just because there's a lot more to learn at the higher level. Yeah. Do you reckon, like, are you, like, do you reckon I would get, if I was in a meeting, do you reckon I would get away with, like, putting the sunglasses on but, like, taking a temporary nap? Do you reckon you get away with that? <laughs> no, because you can ask questions to oh. people that don't look like they're paying attention. Oh. We don't <laughs> like so this. annoying. That's, oh, that's, oh, no, that's awful. Like, fantastic. Yeah, you Obviously have to be great. really good. Oh, this is why, oh, no, I could, this is why yeah. I could never be a professional athlete. This is why I and it's super me. embarrassing when you don't know the answer because everyone's like looking, yeah. everyone's looking around. Now, Mackenzie, before I go let you go, I've decided mm-hmm. for myself, I'm setting myself a new project that I want to get back into playing football, okay? Because I haven't played football in a cool. while now, so I need, to, I need to learn some skills. So I'm thinking if I'm talking to professional footballers, I need to mm-hmm. get some tips from them. Now, I haven't figured out what position that I'm good at. I haven't played football in a, in a few years. What do I need to know and remember if I end up being, you know, a really poor centre-back? Well, obviously I'm going to be really good, but, you know, I could end up being really bad. What's (laughs) the things that could help me be at least good, half-decent? I think something that you can control is your mindset and being a ruthless defender and going into every 50-50 challenge, like thinking I'm going to win this actually really changes the game. Yeah. So that's something, I think, something that's my, one of my strengths is when I go in to tackles or a bobbling ball is coming along, I'm like, this is mine. And that's how I end up winning a lot of 50-50s, I think. Nice. So even if you aren't technically as good, you can definitely get your mind sharp. Okay. I'm going to apply that. I'm going to, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember this. And I will keep the Radio okay. Dub audience all, like you know, up to date on how my football... I'm not going to play probably not this season because this will be late. But next year, I'm ready for it. Okay. I'm just going to collect all this information and I am going yeah. to be very elite is what my ambitions are about it. But yeah. I will say, Mackenzie, I've really enjoyed speaking to you uh, this afternoon and really appreciate you know you joining us because we haven't actually had anyone from wellington on the show before so you are our first oh, ever cool. so it's great to ha- speak Ooh. to you and good luck with the rest of the games and good luck with everything with the football fans and keep doing those really doing those really great last ditch slides that uh-huh. blocks i love those i was watching your highlights before this <laughs> interview and i was like how oh. has she gotten there that's awesome <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, no, I really. No, yeah, great to chat to you as well. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Enjoy New Zealand. I know, I know, you, you didn't say it, but I know you. New Zealand is better than Australia in your mind, so it's okay. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> then I didn't. I like, no, no, no. You are fine. Um, we're going to head to a, a quick break here on Radio Dub, and uh, after the break, Oscar and Lockie will eventually will join me, and then we'll talk about some some football. We've also got another guest around the corner as well. 
Pickett. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. One now. And hello and if you just join us here on Radio Dub, uh, you would have you're seeing two more faces that weren't here before the ad break. I had a lovely chat with uh, Mackenzie Barry from the Wellington Phoenix, and uh, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate her time, but I also appreciate Lockie coming out of his cave and uh, mm. coming to Do join you? us. I mean, the way you said it makes it sound like no. Well, well Lockie, I, I, you know, we're ha- we're always happy to have you here back at the FNR studios. Obviously, oh, you know, nice you've, to be back. you're moving on up Some like the us. Jeffersons. So, you know, I appreciate you coming back to us and. Uh, Oscar, thank you for travelling 55 minutes from uni to get here. On time, actually, this week. Princess Highway is, is a beast at this Princess time Highway of Princess Highway comes out this far? Yeah, yeah. You, really? Princess Highway, then Flinders Street. It's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, true story. I really don't know Melbourne roads. No, I love Melbourne, not. but I you don't You live know. in the southeast and you're like, What's no, the, but, where does no, the Princess but, Highway no, go? The reason I say that is because cause it starts so far at, in mm. the Princess Highway, I didn't realise that it extended this uh, this far out. It, it technically becomes not the Prince's Highway. It, and it becomes like Queensway and, and oh, okay. it changes name, but it's still well, the same who cares? road. What I say is who cares. Um, <laughs> do you know what does matter though? Um, the dub. And the dub is wrapping up. And uh, top four race, some results that we're still waiting for, announcements in terms of the Canberra result and how that points will work because Western United have announced, you know, they've made the top four. Um, by them all maths, I believe they're, 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 they're locked in. So congratulations to Western United. We will be speaking to Mark Torcaso, their head coach, just in a little bit about that. And Are they locked in top two? I think they've locked in yeah, top two. Yeah, I think two. they have actually locked in top two. Thank you for yeah. correcting me. Really, really appreciate it. How crazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for correcting me. so backhanded, but yeah, that's I, all right. Um, how, how impressive is, like, how surprised are you on scale of one hand, like Western United being in the top two, like in their first season? Com- compared to like how I... You thought they were going to be at the start of the year, Lucky. I'm not surprised that they did well. I'm not surprised that they have stunned a lot of teams in the competition. Those things don't shock me because I've had the privilege of watching Calder for a number of years now. I've had the, you know, been fortunate enough to speak to Mark Torcaso before he was the head coach and it was pretty clear that he was a very switched-on operator. Looking forward to talking to him soon. Am I surprised that they have sustained or remained in the top two after the loss of Jess McDonald and the sort of prolonged absence and then an eventual departure of Chloe Legazzo? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um you know, I think especially in the case of, of City, I kind of expected that they would they would rise up, but they've sort of been, I think, a bit patchy, I guess, throughout the throughout the course of the season. So I'm not surprised that they've done well. I'm surprised that how well they've done has largely, other than a few blips here and there, sustained itself yeah. over the stretch of the season. I think it's the surprise. I, th- I think the real surprise came with, with the start of the season, the first seven games, because over the last... I, 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 I don't agree, but... Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, I, I accepted at the start of the season they had I mean, just six, six games perfect is... Yeah, it was seven. That's Again, seven. I'm, just, I'm just in the mood to correct people at the moment. No, uh, I Because really since that beginning to the season, their form has been a bit more up and down, kind of like we'd expect. Obviously, that's been covered a bit by the, the 
overturning of the result against Brisbane last week. But yeah, I, I think I've been pleasantly surprised by how well they have sustained uh, a more than competitive, a really impressive level, which has is, which is consistently had them matching up with the best teams in the comp because I didn't think really that they'd be able to certainly do it throughout the whole season. Yeah, you know who does know a lot about how well they've sustained the, their ability to be in the top four and have gotten themselves their first ever finals berth in their first ever season in the Liberty A-League? That would be Mark Torcaso who joins us now. Mark, congratulations. Uh, and uh, how do you feel making it into the finals in your first season in the dub? Uh, yeah, can you guys hear me? I haven't got my camera on because I'm actually uh, in the car. Is that okay? No, 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 that's okay. We can we can hear you. Uh, good. Yeah, no, nah, it's um, uh, it's been um, unbelievable to be quite honest. Like it, it's more than obviously what I expected uh, from our group and our club, um, but knew deep down inside we had a, a talented group um, that could you know push for finals football. So. Uh, yeah, like blown away, um, excited. Um, yeah, they're probably the two best words I can probably describe how we've gone. At what point did you did you click in your mind going top four is like we are going to be in the top four? Like obviously, you know, you had that the great starts to the season, and then you had the dip. Did you? Did you? Is actually more so the question. Did you have your faith ever waver that you guys were going to make top four? Uh, probably last week it was, was when was when was when we uh, actually settled in. Now, nah, honestly, when when um, I was sort of put to the task to put this side together, um, I knew with the quality that we had in the state, um, and knew with the quality that we could bring in from overseas, that we could get ourselves off to a really good start. And that was the plan: is to just get the team off to a fantastic start. Um, to then hopefully give ourselves a chance to play to play finals football. So um, that was the goal, first and foremost, is to build a good squad that could make us sort of get to a point of where we are now, um, that we could be competitive um, towards the back end of the year. And it actually sort of worked out the, the way that I had planned uh, and the club had planned is be competitive at the start, um, be successful, and then hopefully that sets the foundations up for the, for the back end of the year. And, and, yeah, I guess here we are now. Well, Mark, you, you talk about those foundations and the the international players you knew you were a, a chance of bringing in being high quality. And I think there were maybe a lot of people who were expecting that when, you know, Jess McDonald and Chloe Legazzo uh, eventually departed, that that would be oh, the, the end of this Western United uh, side as we know it. But it feels like what they've brought to the team off the pitch has has lingered with with your playing squad. What what sort of a marked uh, have they left and continue to leave on on the group going into the end of the season? Yeah, um, I mean, like I sort of touched on, the aim was to bring in uh, these good quality players to help set standards um, and quality of of training and and um, I guess create a really good environment for us. Um, so there's no doubt that people like Jess and Chloe. Um, have really set uh, a tone of professionalism and, you know, training standards and values and all that type of stuff um, that have helped us obviously get to the point where we are now. But also once they sort of left, left that little bit of, um, you know, this is how you do it. Uh, so, you know, there's no doubt that those two were, were very big for us, very big for me personally. You know, I had a, a, a really good friendship relationship with Jess Mack before she came over to us. Um, so for her to come over and I guess help me build 
this squad from the start of the season was was very special. Um, so, you know, who knows? We might see her back one day. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. I think speaking from our perspective, um, we've talked about your maybe surprise or pleasant surprise that you know how far you guys have cleared expectations this season. Does that translate for for some of the players as well? Like a individual performances in your side uh some of the people in your squad surprised with how well they've settled into into the liberty a league this season because a lot of people were saying oh it's a it's a big jump but a lot of those players who were you know would have been a couple of rounds into a colder united nplw season this time a year ago have um looked not out of place at all yeah i think that was the the um important thing for obviously a third melbourne team coming into the into the A-League was, you know, there was a genuine push that there was good quality players here in Victoria. Um, so I never, ever doubted that having played in this league, uh, sorry, coached in this league for a very long time. Um, I've always seen the talent and I knew that there was enough talent here to have another side. So, you know, it's, it's not a big surprise for me um, to see some of these players adjust um, and I guess, you know, look comfortable. And I don't think it's a big surprise for them. I think the good thing is that they've been able to, actually see that they're good enough um, to be at this level um, and show, I guess, the the nation that, you know, some of them are actually good enough to even be in, in national teams and, st- and things like that. So I never sort of doubted that, um, that the jump wouldn't be, you know, it would be, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. It would be hard for them, but it was also, I think the transition for them was good because we sort of set Calder up in a way where it was professional and we try to create that atmosphere. So the transition would be easier. And Mark, I guess then, Jumping off that onto more of a personal level for you as a coach, taking that step back into the A-League circles and now, now as a head coach, has that transition for you, I, I guess, been as you expected? Has it been more challenging or even easier than, than you thought it would be from a, from a coaching perspective? Oscar, he can't he can't say it was easy. He doesn't want to brag like that, but he we know that's what he, he's yeah. the guy who wants to say <laughs> that. This is a breeze. What was everyone, was, what was everyone talking about? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think the... The simple part for me was making sure that um, you had really good people around you um, that would make the transition for me as a coach a lot easier. Um, Obviously, there's more resources at at A-League level, so you've got access to a lot more staff and a lot more people to do certain things that, um, you know, at NPL level that you'd probably almost do all yourself. Um, So, you know, getting the right people around was very important for my transition in that. So, um, it almost, you know, leaves me to sit back and be able to manage the side while I've got the people around the, the, the staff that can actually, you know, coach and do the analyst stuff and, uh, you know, goalkeeping stuff. So it allows me to actually manage and oversee the, the team and, and, you know, be able to actually watch training properly without having to, you know, take the whole session. So um, that's been the, the, the new sort of, you know, thing for me that's been different. Because uh, obviously, Coley, you know, you're doing everything. You're on the track. You're, you're doing the analysing. You're doing the sometimes doing the goalkeeping job as well. And um, yeah, I guess from this perspective, it's been able. To, it's been good because I've been able to sort of sit back and actually uh, manage and coach from a different perspective. Does having that overseeing role is is that more enjoyable from your perspective as a coach as opposed to kind of having your hands on every single little bit of the team? It is because you get to sort of, um, I guess, look, see it all. Like. Sometimes, obviously, coaching at MPL level, it's challenging because you got to do everything. Like, um, you know, you literally got your hands on it. Sometimes you're even doing team management roles. So it's it's hard from that perspective because 
you have that, I guess, that little bit of a luxury at this level and you can, you know, you've got people to bounce ideas off. You've got more staff to sort of use as a resource and talk to them about things where sometimes it gets a little bit lonely as an NPL coach because you're, you're sometimes by yourself and you've, you've maybe just got an assistant if, if clubs are lucky to have that. Um, so, yeah, from that perspective, it's, it's, it's enjoyable also. Uh, it's definitely enjoyable. Talking about the the people you've got around you, Mark, I want to ask about Helen Winterburn because it, it wasn't that long ago that for whatever reason you, you decided you didn't fancy uh, the the away trip and you, you left her in in charge of the side <laughs> and she, she got all three points. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't won a game since then, by the way. So, <laughs> so, so maybe someone's telling me something. But no, um, yeah, Helen, Helen was our first target as a – as a, a staff member, um, it was my first target to say, you know, she's she's probably the best female coach in the state. I think she's the best female coach in the state, if not even the country, from that perspective. Um, tactically, is is one of a kind. So, um, you know, I wanted to bring in the right person to help our our club in the best that we can. Um, and that's just, I guess, the way that I sort of operate. I want to try and get the best people around me to help support our group and our players, uh, and in this case, obviously, our club. So, you know, targeting Helen and and getting the coach of the year of the NPL was um, was our first goal and my first goal. Um, and yeah, she's been she's been excellent. Like she's been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, even for herself, I know that you know this is a great learning experience for her. And you know, one day I think she's going to be a, a fantastic head coach somewhere, if not at Western or, or down the track. But um, yeah, definitely a, a big part of why we are successful. Now, Mark, obviously the season is not over and there are, you know, you've got finals coming up and things like that. But I want, is it, are you able to do, ref, like to reflect on this season? Is there a, a, a standout moment for you where you were like, the moment where you felt that you guys belonged or you felt that you'd, you know, you'd achieve something? Was there like a standout moment that this season is really, you, it sticks with you? Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound really odd, but. Um, we played our very, very first practice game um, against Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City in the preseason. Uh, and it was probably at that point that I started to think to myself, hang on a sec, like we are actually here and we're actually having a crack at this. And the reason why they were um, important for me is because we played Victory in, in Ballarat in a practice game in our first hit out uh, and we bet them 1-0. Um, and then we played... Melbourne City in uh, Casey in another practice game and we bet them 3-1 and at that point I started to think hang on a sec we've played two of the strongest stronger sides in the league um, maybe we are we are you know good enough and we are the real deal it was literally that point that I thought we we shouldn't worry about anyone um, and we shouldn't um, be in a position where we, we should let any team fe- like you know we should fear any team so you know we then obviously come up against victory in round one and do exactly what we did in the practice game and bet them, be, bet them 1-0 laid on as well. Um, and again, those three or four weeks were the ones that were for me were like, we belong here. And every player that has been part of that has deserved being part of that, that little journey. So they were the parts for me. And then obviously now, you know, in the last few weeks, actually realizing that we can't finish any lower than second on the ladder uh, and thinking in our first season, we're playing in a, uh, a final series potentially, you know, with a, I mean, with a double chance. So that's pretty special, to be honest. 
That must be nice. You know what also must be nice, you two? When I, and what must be nice for you, Mark, is that you keep winning Coach of the Month. And I <laughs> want to understand, Mark, is there a secret behind, because obviously it is a fan vote, do you have what's what's how are you getting these? Obviously, you know, okay, I'm not so saying you don't deserve them. I, I'm not saying that you don't deserve the mark. I'm just saying. Can I offer a theory? The, can keep I get in the votes? Can I offer a theory, Mark, before you answer the question? I think you're onto something. I think you're onto <laughs> something. Because because the other thing I've noticed is that the coach in the month and the player of the month hey, in that competition tend to go hand in hand. What's going on? Are you going to be sending a, a thank you note to the the Beal family potentially for <laughs> for sending the voting block your way? Um, I. Now this this is not a secret, so I don't know if anyone knows, but I, I work at a I work at a football school. I work at a school as well during the day as my full time job, and it's a school of two thousand seven hundred students. Um, <laughs> and I've got I've got four hundred students that are in my football program at that school. And, um, I, yeah, while um, that's that's obviously a, uh, helping me in my fights. Um, yeah, I, like it's obviously also. Very important to acknowledge that, you know, the work that's done to get the nomination in the first place in regards to all the staff that do the job that they do. So it's not something that I just acknowledge as something that I've done. It's it's something that's very important for me because it shows us as a whole group and as a whole staff and as a whole team and a club, I guess, that we're doing the right things. Um, They're just, you know, little accolades, I guess, that you put on a trophy cabinet and go, you you won something. But I I look at... um, everyone doing doing their job and helping uh, that cause. But I could definitely say that uh, working in a school of 2,000 kids probably helps with the votes. No, you know what, Mark, though? I don't. I think that you are you are playing the game as the game should be played. Okay, I think that everybody else, if you want coach of the month, obviously got to do the hard work before. But this is the way we can get more fans. Okay, if you're gonna do, you gotta be a teacher. First fifteen minutes should be dedicating to voting for coach of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I think and voting for play. If you want an A plus in the class, you best be voting. And At you, the start of every training session, all yes. right? Who's entered their votes? Exactly. Yet, all right, if you haven't months. entered, yeah. get out the class. The, the- the, the best part was one of the uh, one of the sessions we had a football session and we do a theory base with all their laptops open and I walked into the classroom and one of the one of the students said, "Sir, the um the voting's not working at the moment. You need to ring uh, Keep Up to get them to get the voting back." And I said, "Relax, like it's not a big deal." But yeah, they could they couldn't log their vote log their voting for an hour and they were all stressing so. Um, yeah, no, I definitely credit them to helping me out with those votes. No, we, we love it, and we love more fan engagement with the A-League in any way it comes. I love it. The, Tal- the Torcaso report card includes like a whole section about yeah. you know participation <laughs> in voting, voting exactly. <laughs> just brackets. Well, I, I do want to drill down on the, on the other half of, of those monthly votes. I mentioned it before because uh, Hilary Beale is also the the proud owner of back to back Player of the Month. Now I know that her family are pretty active, as they should be. on on Twitter, and I'm sure they will rally the troops. Not quite to the same same level as your your beloved students, Mark, but I'm sure they're they're doing a solid job as well. But I mean, how impressed have you you been with with Hillary this season? Because I mean, she's been. Uh, if you're going purely off the accolade, she's been the standout keeper in in the competition. Yeah, Hillary was um, was a, a, a target for me straight away as well because um, I knew the quality she had and you, obviously everyone can see now how, how important she is to our side, but even just to our league, um, you know, she's she's a fantastic presence and, um, you know, she's a, a huge advocate for what we're doing here in, in Australia as well. I know, I know she speaks very highly of our league and how it's, you know, 
how it's obviously helping her in her career, but also how it can help others. And, and she's, um, she's been great for us. Like I said, both on and off the pitch. I know she speaks, you know, to, to friends back at home and that play for other NWSL clubs and says, you know, get yourself down here. It's a, it's a fantastic league to help sort of propel careers and, and things like that. So um, she's not only doing the, the stuff on the park, she's also doing the stuff off the park for our, our league, our country, and in particular, obviously our team. But um, I think she's yeah well deserving of the of the couple of um, goalkeeper of the month or player of the month. And I do hope she, she wins the player of the year. It's, uh, you know, she might be up there for those votes too. But um, yeah, there's no doubt she's been amazing for us and she'll continue being amazing for us. And I'm hoping to try and sign her at a, for another 10 years if possible, but I don't know if that'd be possible. Uh, and as we as we talk, I mean, something that becomes increasingly apparent, the, the amount of times where, whether it's Bakura asking a question, Oscar, myself, the amount of times we talk about, oh, a player having this impact, a player having this impact, this player's hit the ground running. What is your secret, Mark? Because I look over the squad that you've assembled this year, and yes, some of them have, have departed, some of them we knew about, obviously, Chloe and, and Jess have you know, pretty studying CVs before they entered the club. But what is your secret? Because the squad that you, you argue arguably haven't haven't picked a bad play. You've you've nailed just about every one. How do you do it? <laughs> uh, in all honesty, like the very first thing when when I, when we look at a player, even you know back at Cold, and it, it sounds crazy, but even when I coached like an under sixteen team, you know, back when I first started, it was very important for me to make sure that the players. Um, respected what our, I guess, goal was as a team. Um, and then you have the conversation and you, you start building a rapport and a relationship and then you work out, yeah, this is a person that fits for me um, in regards to what I want to do. And, and that's what I almost did with every single play. It wasn't a phone call, pick it up, we want to sign you, you know, ring the club, organize your contract. It was lots of conversations before we even got to that point of, hey, I want to sign you. So it, it was very important for me to identify the personnel that I knew would fit in the, I guess, the environment that I wanted um, and then buy in, like really just buy into, you know, it's an opportunity, enjoy the opportunity um, because it's fulfilling like and, and, you know, one day you can look back and say, hey, I did this, regardless if it's NPR level, regardless if it's winning, regardless if it's winning a Nike FC Cup, um, you know, or playing in the A-League now, like remember what you're doing and be proud of what you're doing and um, be able one be able to one day to tell your family that you know you were part of something special, um, and that's sort of the messages that I ta- that I give these players and give them power to enjoy what they do. Um, and I like to like sometimes players think it's a little bit too much, but I like to make sure that players are always happy and you know come be able to come and talk to me uh, about you know their football and you know if there's issues to come and talk to me about it and we can fix it straight away rather than let things sort of, you know, dwindle and, 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 and become an issue. So I think just being transparent with, with the players, um, le- you know, uh, getting them to buy into the way you want to play and and how you feel as a coach and uh, the environment you want to set, it, it's it's no like one individual secret. It's literally, um, you know, enjoying it together, um, buying into what we want and, and being really sort of uh, picky with the type of player that you want so you know it's going to fit your environment. And like, I know you say that there's no one individual kind of secret to, to the success of your players. I do want to put to you an alternative theory, uh, I guess, pinpointing <laughs> a different player as an example. Now, Hannah Keane's been a, in, an extraordinary player this season, and I'm sure you've been spoken to almost ad nauseum about how good she's been. Now, she was good at the start of the season, 
But there was some point around the start of January, the middle of January. What are you about to say, Oscar? Where Hannah Keen made an appearance on a particular program uh, that that may also (laughs) go by the name of Radio (laughs) Dub. And and look, I'm guessing, Mark... Oscar, where can you find that podcast? Oh, you get on all your favourite podcast platforms, all of them. (laughs) I I, I have nothing to do with this. (laughs) I'm guessing, Mark, that that there was some point in that mid-January period where where Hannah just rocked up to training one day with like a spring in her step and and since that time... (laughs) She just elevated herself to to a new level. I'm imagining that's your experience as the coach. (laughs) Was that a certain conversation with you? (laughs) That wasn't me, Mark. Are you claiming that? There was nothing nothing to do with me. But I will say, Mark, we've had lots of Western United players on this podcast. I just want to say, even before the season started, okay, Mark, and we've been massive supporters and you guys have done an incredible job. I will say that Hannah... I personally really appreciate Hannah Keane lots because my fantasy team mm. for a long period of time was dominant because of her <laughs> yeah. her gameplay. Did you have her in your fantasy team, Mark, or did you not get involved in fantasy at all? No, I didn't get involved in fantasy <laughs> at all because then it, then it would just confuse me even more when I've got to pick sides on the weekend and stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, definitely not. But Hannah Keane is a, is a special individual. Uh, she's special in every way, mate. She's just a, she's a different human. Uh, she's got the best heart. Um she can definitely play football very well, um, and she really genuinely cares about the game and, again, um, the pro- progress of the game in our country. Like, she wanted to come back here and help our game get better. Um, and, you know, again, another first target. Like, I'd seen her play here many, many years ago, stayed in contact with her, uh, and I, I actually did say this to her maybe three years ago. I said, when... I'm coaching an A-League team because I was adamant that I was going to. Um, I said, you will come back and play for me. And she she promised me then that she would as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that was a fantastic uh, opportunity for her to come here. And she's definitely a special one. And, and anyone, any of you can claim uh, that she's performing because of you guys. No problems. I'll take that. <laughs> if you want to have a conversation with her over the next few days as well, like, yeah, they score a few more goals over the next few weeks. I'm happy with that. Every member, every, every member of the squad will yeah, come on just every on, day of the week. Positive yeah. vibes. No, exactly. No, I mean, on a more serious note, I, I think that speaking to Hannah really did reinforce that the point that you've made tonight, Mark, about how important it is to get the right kinds of people because you, you can tell what what a wonderful human she is, both kind of outside of football but also on in, in a football sense and wanting to build the project here in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Like... Uh, she brings her uh, non-vegan uh, meals to away games and all these <laughs> vegan meals. Like she's she's just yeah she's she's a special one. But um, love having her here, and I'm just proud of her that she's been able to, I guess, show the country that she's good enough and she was good enough. And um, yeah, I know there was a few doubters a few years ago, but I'm just proud of her that she's been able to do that. I, I'm glad that you guys got to enjoy uh, some time with her as well. Yeah, no, we appreciate. It. And obviously, before you go. Obviously, you guys are already making plans for next year. You've already signed Hannah Keane to an extension for next year. Can you talk us through that? And and then lastly, can you talk us through how you're feeling about, you know, are you nervous about heading into your first final series into the Liberty A-League? Yeah, um, oh, signing Hannah and, you know, we've, we've locked down a few other girls for a second year as well. Um, I think we've got to about 12 or 13 players that we've, secured on a second-year deal, which is very important for us as a club, and that's something that we wanted to make sure that we did. Um, obviously, because we're building foundations for this year, we want to do that, and it might just be you know adding a few players here and there for next year. So Hannah was very important uh, for me to, to lock that in also. 
Um, and obviously there's a few other key players that have done that too. So, um, yeah, it, it's just about uh, building and continuing to, to change the game here in our country. Um, and obviously uh, at, at the best time, you know, with a World Cup around the corner. So um, definitely looking forward to continuing the, the hard work for these players and uh, and definitely feel uh, nervous in games. It doesn't matter uh, what game of football. Like, I think we played Burundara in a Nike FC Cup last year with Kola. Um, and we are playing, obviously, Burundara in the VPLW last year. Um it, I was still nervous in that game. And, like, you know, it doesn't really matter what game it is. You, as, a, as a coach, you're always nervous because you want to make sure that you, your players um, get through the game and enjoy the game of football and, and win the game, um, obviously, because that's what it's about. Um, but, yeah, I'll be lying to you if I say that I, I wouldn't be nervous. But I'm definitely looking forward to it and excited because it's a first year. And, um, yeah, I just want to make sure that our girls go out there and play as many games as football as they can. Um. Yeah, and and yeah, I guess it. Yeah, I could definitely say to you, I'm, I'll be very nervous. <laughs> and I'd say, Mark, you're probably the only coach in the entirety of of the Liberty A League who would who would end an interview giving a reference to uh to Burundara Eagles in the VPLW. <laughs> so that's a, a credit to your level of research. Are you, are you going to be sticking to your roots? Are you going to be paying attention to uh to NPLW Victoria this season as well? I uh, I definitely am. I've um I still oversee the the Calder program, so I'm still working with uh, with the coaches there to make sure that our our pathway is still working. And um, I would definitely be at lots of pre NPL games throughout throughout the season. Uh, I actually was supposed to be there on Friday night and couldn't get it. There. I was really disappointed to watch the first game against uh, against Box Hill, but um, I've got a big one this week against Canberra. Otherwise, I'd be at uh, at Keeler Park Reserve watching Calder against Alamein. So I think See, being again at the Canberra game is probably more important. No, for the we moment. love we love that, Mark. See, Lockie, what you don't understand is Mark didn't say Burundara. What he actually said was Forza NPL Victoria, but that's he didn't want to. Well, that's all I tend exactly. to hear. He yeah, didn't yeah. want to get political about it and you know get make everyone feel upset. That's but true. that's what Mark has really said that NPL Victoria is the home of football in Australia. Isn't that right, Mark? You got it. Don't worry about what Warren Moon says, mate. You've definitely got it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining us and good luck on the weekend and good luck for the finals. That has been uh, me, Pekula Frimpong, Lockie Flanagan, Oscar Rutherford here on Radio Dub. We'll be back next week for some more, uh, talk about more, some more Radio uh, Liberty A-League action. Yeah. But uh, stay tuned in FNR. Lions Den is on with Josh Parrish and uh, bye for now. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, drive!